This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. And it is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online, freetalklive.com. The place to go. The features on the site for free. So do enjoy those on us. We are starting things out with a very special guest, someone who is long overdue for an appearance on the program. He is Jim Babka, and he's the president of DownsizeDC.org. Jim, welcome back to Free Talk Live. Well, it's good to be back, and you guys will have to tolerate my allergies tonight. I'm having a difficult time. <clears throat> That's all right. Not a problem. <laughs> Happens to the best of us. Uh, so, Jim, uh, why the long absence, and uh, what have you been up to, and why, uh, what do you want to talk about tonight? Because there's a lot on the Downsize DC plate, as always. Well, I'll let you guys choose the topics that you think will be most interesting for the audience, but... Uh, we have been very, very busy with some long-term uh, projects that we started, most of which started in early 2006 and are just now finally coming to fruition. Uh, one of those is a brand-new website. We're going to be rolling out a uh, redesigned website. When we first built DownsizeDC.org, it was kind of the equivalent of that car that you had in college that you held together with Bondo and bailing wire. <laughs> and uh, we were attempting to do something and find out whether or not it would work, and uh, it did. Uh, but uh, we had a lot of uh, issues and problems with the way it functioned. And, and uh, over time, people said, hey, why don't you do this or why don't you do that? And we realized we couldn't plug in uh, mm-hmm. various features to the system that we had without really making it clunky and cumbersome and even increasing the odds that it wouldn't handle it. So we've been working very hard now on, the, on a website redesign for nearly two years, uh, building a whole new uh, platform within, within which – to plug various modules in, and we'll be starting to release those modules after the initial website is redesigned. There's going to be new conveniences over time to the and services and other ways to contact uh, people in power and really make our, our impact felt. But the, the first phase of that will come out with this new website here in just a couple of weeks. Wow, that sounds really exciting. And, uh, I mean, the, the DownsizeDC.org website is already really, really functional, and shame on me. I've done it again. <laughs> Awful, awful talk show host. Um, anyway, the uh, Downsize DC website uh, at downsizedc.org. If you haven't been uh, and you're a listener, then you really owe it to yourself. If you're somebody who appreciates the idea of, well, having a much smaller government, um, because that's the direction that you guys are going in. Uh, Jim, for the uninitiated, what is downsizedc.org? Well, downsizedc.org gives citizens the ability to communicate with their members of Congress, uh, to join together as a group and magnify their voice. Uh, we give uh, brief introductions as to, to an issue with as much background information as someone might need if they want to dig in further, but most people uh, just kind of need the basic facts from which to work, and then they're able to send a message. You just put in your basic contact information. The system tells you who your representative and two senators are, and then allows you to send a, 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 a customized message to each of their respective web forms on their website. Those, because those messages come from constituents, they are counted and they are read. Mm-hmm. And because they're delivered to the web forms, they are counted as individual communications, just like sending it through the mail, except it just gets there a lot faster. So it's just a brilliant online system to put individuals in touch with the people who claim to be their representatives yeah, in Washington, mounting, D.C. We're mounting more and more pressure, too, every month, and we're seeing some fruit and success from this. Uh, We've had seven legislative victories in the last 11 months uh, to point to. We've had some other minor successes on boats and stuff here and there. Uh, I would say that if you're kind of looking for a meta example, I mean, we we work together with a lot of different people to defeat the immigration bill, which had some bad uh, real ID provisions in it. Uh, There was something that seemed that they were bad in there to offend everybody. 
uh, of all kinds of different political stripes. And uh, Congress was not only once but twice in, uh, in May and in June uh, seemed to, uh, pretty much hell bent on passing this legislation, and they couldn't get it done. And they and Trent Lott blamed talk radio. George Voinovich blamed the amount of messages he was getting in his office. Hmm. I mean, they eventually flipped, and uh, and that was done through direct public pressure, which we kind of saw, even though it wasn't all us generating it as proof of concept. We've been we've found a great deal of success working with other groups and other causes, and and adding our voice to that. But downsized DC's voice is growing. We had a record-breaking month in June. Right. And number of messages we sent that we had another record-breaking month in july of messages we sent and we are ahead of that pace already here in august in fact if the pace holds we would generate fifty eight thousand messages this month now i don't know that that'll happen but uh even if we generate fifty thousand that would still be a record so that's fifty thousand messages going from an individual <clears throat> to his or her representatives in washington dc yes. Uh, it's just an amazing website, and what I love is that you you really do cover a wide variety of issues. So even if somebody isn't necessarily <laughs> excited about it, you know, issue A, uh, inevitably a different issue is going to come uh, come across their desk because once you go to downsizedc.org and get signed up, uh, you become a member and you it's of course totally free, and you get uh, onto the Downsize DC Dispatch or the Downsizer Dispatch, which is the sort of uh, periodical email that you send out. And sometimes it's once a day, sometimes it's a handful of times a week. And, uh, you know, that's that's the way that I become aware of all of the things that you guys are up to. Now, one of the emails that came through recently I found pretty exciting, and I thought maybe you should talk about it here. It's the I'm Not Afraid campaign. What is it? Well, you know, we have developed a, a kind of a new campaign. This is the first of a series of campaigns that we're going to do that's designed to kind of get to the root of an issue, to deal with the full underlying philosophy that makes the issue happen. And who says philosophy has to be boring? We've noticed that uh, fear is the, uh, is the tool, and I'm, we're not the first to notice this, but fear is the tool uh, that allows for government growth. By, by making uh, their constituents afraid or by playing on their constituents' fear, politicians and their uh, partners in the bureaucracy are able to take advantage of that fear and use it to grow government. This yes, is identified yeah. by Robert Higgs in his book Crisis and Leviathan. And what we decided to do is just simply kind of come up with a defiant statement that says, you know, we don't want you, Mr. or Mrs. Politician, to be scared on our behalf. You have a better chance, specifically looking at terrorism, you have a better chance of drowning in your neighbor's pool, getting in a car accident and getting killed that way, getting struck by lightning, or winning the lottery than you have a, as an American, living in America, of being the victim of a foreign terrorist attack. Absolutely. So it's my neighbor's pool, not my own pool? <laughs> Yeah, you know, your pool, you're probably pretty safe. But, you know, you hear the stories about people drowning in their neighbor's pool or the yeah. kids drowning or whatever. Happen. That, those happen more frequently than terrorist acts do here on sure. our soil. It's, uh, so basically the idea is to get people to let these politicians know that we aren't scared, we don't need their protection, we don't want their security theater with the TSA and their, uh, you know, all these invasive searches and the cameras and all the other you know, police state garbage that they're shoving down our throat. Yeah, and what we really wanted to do was kind of get to the to the root of the of the whole thing. You know, talk about what the underlying power that they get from fear. We believe if we can if we can kind of put things in perspective, let people see that you know, we do not have anywhere near. I nobody's standing outside my car when I go out there to, later and get into it from TSA to pat me down and make sure I don't have weapons so I won't hurt anybody else in the vehicle. Well, not yet, Jim. That may no, very well be on the way. I saw a story this week, and I'm sort of holding it for our Saturday show because we have an Indianapolis audience on that uh, in that case because the Indigo bus system is now being subject to randomized searches by the TSA. 
<laughs> can you believe this? <laughs> well, you know, actually, I can. And and uh, and lots of people go, oh, okay, we need this. But you <sighs> know, it, it, there's been a quote that's been attributed to Benjamin Franklin. I don't know; it's it's got variations in it, and I don't know for sure that he said it. But mm-hmm. those who will trade a little. Uh, t- uh, uh, will trade essential liberty for a little temporary security. Will have none and deserve neither. Yeah. And uh, so you know we kind of that's what we're really kind of trying to get across is that when the politicians take power and expand the size of government and increase the cost and burden of it by offering to do us little favors, and we're asking them to stop doing these favors that invade our privacy and in some cases flat out make us less secure. Right. What their favors end up doing is uh, making the government a hell of a lot stronger and more invasive and more pervasive in our lives. And that's not something that that a lot of people want. And if some people want that, then you know what? They should be able to go and sign up to a program that allows them to put cameras in their house. Because it seems like that's where we're going to. It seems like it's just an, a matter of time before somebody proposes that idea. Well, and you know, this, there's a related subject here that we could get into, and that is the difference between surveillance and security. Uh, surveillance and security are not necessarily the same thing. You know, all these cameras that we're putting all over the place and so forth, uh, that may seem like it's going to make you more secure, but if a determined terrorist is going to commit suicide, he, he, he may well want to be on camera. He may well want people to see who he was before he committed the act. It may actually assist him in carrying out his mission or his motivation. That's a good point. Hey, Jim, hang on. We're going to bring you back for more. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Do you have a question for the president of DC.org? His name is Jim Babka. He's on the line with us. Now would be a great time to call in if you want to talk to him. 800-259-9231. More on how we can help Downsize DC in moments. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. The single CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features on the site are totally free. And some of those features include archives and entire year's worth of the show right there, front page of the website. For your downloading convenience, you just go and get them. They're on us. That's Free Talk Live. Dot com And as the dollar continues to drop, precious metals rise. Make the trend your friend by subscribing to the International Speculator. Go to D2Z.org and add the right precious metal mining stocks to your portfolio. That's D2Z.org. As we go back to Jim Babka, he's the president of DC.org And as always, Jim uh, is very, very busy keeping an eye on those criminals in Washington, D.C. Uh, of course, I'm speaking of Congress and uh, the president and all the rest of those guys. And you guys just do an incredible job of keeping up on all of the awful things, or at least a, a lot of the awful things that they're doing up there, and uh, alerting the people on your on your email list, the Downsizer Dispatch, about them and, and what they can do to take action, which is the most important thing. Because it's one thing to know what's going on in Washington, D.C. It's another thing to do something about it. And the system at DownsizedDC.org makes that easy. So again, I recommend that anybody who hasn't been, go and, and visit the website and find out that, you know, what uh, Jim, what's your privacy policy for anybody that's concerned about maybe giving up their email address or something like that? Well, we don't sell or rent email addresses for any reason at any time. Okay. That's what I thought. I just wanted to make sure that people uh, understood that. And one of the that. things that will be on our brand new website is a complete 
privacy policy, a complete terms of use, uh, disclaimers, all that stuff. We're this is we're really moving into the 21st century. Finally, <laughs> I've been a member for a couple of years, and I, I I don't suspect Downsize DC is where I'm getting all my spam from. I suspect it's from having uh, you're going to porn sites, aren't you, Mark? Shame uh, on you. No, I, I would never give one of them my uh, email address. All right, so Jim, uh, let's see here. I uh, I love the I am not afraid. That that's one of your new campaigns. If you go to downsizedc.org, it's one of the top two things you'll see right there on the front page. And, and, and there's going to be more campaigns along the lot, that right. line. That it's, strike at the root thing is is it, we're going to kind of get at the bottom of some some very important issues. I like that. I like the strike at the root <coughs> concept myself. Uh, now, what's the healthcare one? I see that one at the top of the site. What's that one? All well, about? this is also the beginning of a series of campaigns we want to do. The very first one is called No Monopoly, No Fascism. Now, there's a lot of news that was generated out of the release of Michael Moore's movie. The Democratic candidates in particular, but the Republicans will soon be joining them, mm. are putting forth their health care plans, uh, their plans to save health care. And the fact of the matter is that uh, government involvement in health care has pushed up the cost of it and has made it <clears throat> more difficult for people to, to, uh, to acquire health insurance. Absolutely. And, and at the same time, the nasty, the nasty little part of that is not only has it done all those things, but they've also effectively managed to put the blame on private industry. Oh, we just need more government involvement to solve the problem, when, of course, that would only make the problem worse. Yeah, so we decided to kind of uh, uh, unscrew some of the, uh, some of the uh, progressive uh, skullcaps and kind of get inside and play with their brains. Uh, we've kind of called this for what it is. It's fascism. Because uh, the hallmark, one of the hallmarks of fascism is the use of partnerships between government and corporations. They start controlling by regulatory boards. And these regulatory boards <clears throat> end up being captured. There's the phrase for it is regulatory capture uh, by the very corporations that are being regulated. Mm-hmm. And so what ends up happening is that competition is stifled. Mega corporations end up in control. And it's exactly all those things that progressives tell us they hate the most. Right, because the mega corporations can afford to uh, to abide by these new regulations, while upstarts uh, or people that are interested in in getting into the business they can't. Once again, exactly. the government does exactly the opposite of what they set out and intended to do. Yes, and so we said, hey, look, you know, why why are you calling for fascism all of a sudden? That doesn't seem like a very progressive value. I, we're going to have a little fun with that, and and uh, at the same time try to drive home a very important point. It is the, the cost of health care today is largely in, uh, due to how much the federal government is already involved. Close to half of all health care expenses in this country are paid for directly by government or through government third-party arrangements. <clears throat> the other problem on the, on the opposite side is because of our tax code being structured the way it is, Employers have to provide these plans. They end up uh, often providing cafeteria plans, which have also driven up the cost. But if you do not have your own company, uh, if you do not have a health insurance policy through your employer, uh, you're, you're in trouble. You have to pay for that for that very expensive health care policy with after-tax income. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they really have gotten in there in a lot of different ways and, and kind of messed this up. And rather than make the problem worse, we're saying that we probably should be going the other direction. There's no doubt about it. And uh, so people can go to DownsizedDC.org and learn more about that particular campaign. And, you know, scroll down the page. There's a lot to see. There's a lot to explore uh, with DownsizedDC.org. But I've got to say, I'm pretty excited about this secret new website. And there was a way. I don't know if it's too – is it too late to get in on the beta testing on that, Jim? Uh Yes. Yeah, okay. we've got everybody we need to do that. In fact, we've got more people than we need to do that. Okay. Try to, uh, That's a good problem to have. Very but it'll good. be out soon. It'll be out soon. We're hoping to beta test next week, actually, and, and it should be, uh, should be out shortly thereafter if, you know, knock on wood, there aren't too many problems with the beta test. Cool. Uh, th- was there anything else uh, that was going on that you wanted to share with us today? 
Well, we've got, as you said, a lot of other very good campaigns there, and I would encourage people to come to DownsizeDC.org and check them out. And I am sorry I have been gone for so long. I have missed you, both of you guys very much and, and look forward to beginning to come back on a more regular basis again. Absolutely. I, we will definitely have you back. Uh, you know you're always welcome here on Free Talk Live. Jim, thanks for coming on the show tonight. Thank you, guys. Have a great night, sir. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. And since he was talking about health care... I wanted to get to an email I mentioned last night, but we never got to. It's from one of our German listeners, and it ties right into this whole idea of fascism, you know, where the government works together with corporations in order to make the corporations richer and the government more powerful, all at, of course, your cost. Right. People think of fascism as, uh, you know, more... I don't know. They associate it with Mussolini and Hitler and that kind as of thing. As they should. Uh, you know, and it's a lot of uniforms, a lot of goose-stepping, and they really aren't sure what else. Jews right. have to die. You know, they're, they're pretty sure about that as far as fascism. Uh, Robert emails in. He says, hey, Ian and Mark, I hear on your show from time to time talk of getting universal health care coverage in the States. As an American who's been living for the past eight years in Germany, I have some sad, sad news about the future. Knowing that the American government is run by business interests, I feel I'm correct in predicting that, well, it's also run by lawyers that are interested in uh, helping their business friends. I feel that I'm correct in predicting that universal health care coverage is coming to America soon. The fact is, the issue will come up again and again until it's finally passed, and once it's passed, will stay in place as long as the government stands, that is, until a revolution overthrows it. It might not pass in the next 10 or 20 years, but I'm certain it will pass eventually. The government will propagandize the issue and convince the people of the need for it until they feel they have enough support to get the issue through. Unfortunately, it will be similar to what we have here in Germany. I watched Mr. Moore's film, Sicko, and he talks about the systems of Cuba, France, England, and Canada, but doesn't say a word about Germany. I don't know if this was purposely done by him or not, but I feel that he had, had he fully explained the situation here, he would have completely lost his case. And, yeah, well, but he's not going to do that, and he's not going to present it in that fashion. Right, and I have not seen Sicko. Um, I, I attempted to, and just it didn't work out. Uh, but from what I understand, he went to these countries, and of course, you know, he told them he was coming with cameras, and so of course they gave him the royal treatment. Sure. If you ask the VA, um, you know, uh, show us, show us your patience. We're from the mm-hmm. national news media. Right. You know, they're hand gonna, selected. They're going to march you through the best rooms, show you the happiest patients, and you're never going to see right. the crap that's really going on behind you, the scenes. You will not hear the horror stories like we heard last night from one of our Canadian listeners who, when he was a young man, uh, just went through an awful time in the Canadian healthcare system. And there, is story, there are story after story. Now, the gentleman from Germany doesn't have a personal story, but what he does do is explain the system. And I think you're going to be kind of surprised at how close we are in this country. It's Free Talk Live. George Phillies is the right candidate for president, a serious, well-educated candidate who stands for the basic principles of liberty and the basic principles of this nation. Paid for by Phillies 2008. This is George Phillies, libertarian for president. I approved of this message. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want, toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, that's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The wiki's there. Over 1,400 pages created by listeners just like you. You just go to wiki.freetalklive.com. That's wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or a living trust in minutes. 
LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save. That's LegalZoom.com. You'll save 10%, as That's a matter correct. of fact. Make, uh, make that will now, because if you don't do it now, you're just going to put it off for another year. That's a great point. All right. Robert from, uh, from Germany. He's an American living in Germany. And he wants to explain the German medical system to us. And it's very important that we pay close attention because this could be coming here to the United States. In fact, after I'm done explaining, after I'm done reading his email, you might actually come to realize that it's already here. Sort of. I'll explain. Anyway, he points out that um, being in the medical field himself, he knows a little something about the issue. However, never having worked in Cuba, France, England, or Canada, he can't speak to their systems. But he can, however, speak about the German system, which is coming to America in the near future. Here in Germany, everyone is required to have health and nursing insurance. Yes, that's correct. There's a special insurance just for nursing care that everyone is required to have. So we have to pay for two insurance policies, not just one. The requirement is so intense that you aren't allowed to work without it. Imagine that. You can't work without paying for two insurance policies, and if you're unemployed, the government pays the insurance for you. Now, it's one thing for the government to provide health coverage for its citizens, but here the insurance companies are privately owned for for profit companies, and getting profits is, of course, their only concern. Not that there's anything wrong with profits. There's not. No. But the problem comes in when the profits are mandated by law. That's where the issue is. Uh, and there is a certainly a problem if it was the government doing the, the health coverage. In this case, it's that fascism concept with the government palling up with uh, with corporations. Right. If a um, if companies are out there and they're in a line of work that uh, requires that people buy their services, you, they they're not going to have to work quite as hard to get the business. That's right. Um, they're going to be regulated by the government, so there's only going to be a certain amount of them that are going to be in, in competition. So it regulates competition, and it just requires um, it, it just allows companies to be mm, sloppy. In fact, he points that out. The worker is required to pay. Get this: approximately 14 percent of his or her income for this insurance. That's right. It's taken out of your check and paid in by your employer, who also has to, uh, has to pay 14% into the insurance scam for each worker. So 14% from the worker and 14% from the employer. That means each worker has to pay 28% of his salary to the insurance company. That's it's huge. It, it's his, that is huge. The 14% that the boss pays is, of course, taken from the employee through less wages. We all know the boss pays nothing out of his own pocket. If this wasn't bad enough, this 28% is required from all money you earn or get in any way. If you win the lottery, for example, you have to cough up 28% of your winnings to the insurance company. You can imagine, in a situation like this, the insurance companies are constantly complaining that they're not earning enough and threaten to raise our rates. Absolutely. This is, of course, a goldmine for every insurer. They don't care about the customer in the least, because they know that if the customer isn't satisfied and changes companies, that they aren't losing any real business, because companies from other companies are similarly unsatisfied and are just changing over to their company. You see, it just doesn't matter to them. As long as there is a law requiring each citizen to fork over almost a third of their income to the insurance companies, they'll get their money in the end either way. Now, this is, of course, universal coverage in name only. Many, many things aren't covered. The insurance companies simply refuse to pay for certain medicines or treatments. There's no oversight here. The insurance company simply refuses to pay, and you can't do anything about it. 
being that, as I said before, America is run by big business, I know this system will come to America soon. And he sounds like he's sniping at businesses. And again, the problem is businesses um, working with the government. Right. It, well, it's big business in the sense that he's um, you're referring to. He's right. It just uh, well, it, it isn't businesses. fully explained. Well, I mean, I'm sure... Hannaford's or uh, Price Chopper, some of the grocery stores in the area would love to mandate that we go and shop at their stores. They would. But I don't know if they're actually lobbying for that. So they may not be not lobbying. Big businesses are evil. They may not be lobbying for it, but they have in the past lobbied for regulation on grocery stores, whether it's on the local, state, or federal level. Mm-hmm. And um, you know those. So there's little grocery stores out there that can't compete against big grocery stores like Hannaford's and Price Chopper. Well, anyway, the insurance companies will keep lobbying the government until this issue passes. Medicare, which is uh, let's see, uh, every citizen employed or not will be required to have insurance provided by private companies. Normally, I would agree that privately owned companies are better than government controlled. In this case, however, it's just the opposite, and I disagree with him there. Uh, You see, once they pass a law requiring everyone to be insured, we're all screwed. And I agree with that. Without this requirement, the insurers have to compete with each other for customers, so one company will lower its rates and another will pay for medicines and treatments that other companies refuse, and so they lure customers. But with a requirement for everyone to be insured, winning customers isn't a priority anymore, and they get their customers anyway. Anyway, he says uh, he'd be glad to call in and discuss it further if necessary. And, Robert, thank you for the email. What I found most interesting about this is Robert says, and again, he's been out of this country for eight years. He says that he thinks this is coming to America soon. Well, it's already here. Pretty close. Massachusetts, it's here. Now, the same, it's not the exact same system. In Massachusetts, they don't require that you pay 14% out, uh, employer and, and uh, your own paycheck. Uh, they don't require, it's not the same requirement. In Massachusetts, they don't require nursing insurance. But in the state of Massachusetts, to my knowledge, the first state in the union to do this, they require that every individual have insurance. Right. And for those that can't afford it, they have a state insurance program, which I'm sure at some point or another they're likely to, uh, you know, just make sure that everybody has that state insurance. Or at least they'd like to work towards that. Well, and and Massachusetts is such a – it has such a regulatory climate that they have successfully driven out a number of insurers Mm -hmm. from the state. And so, therefore, you do have this situation with a very limited number of health insurers available – the government mandating that everybody have health uh, health insurance. In fact, if you do not have health insurance in the state of Massachusetts, I don't think that they uh, put you on a government program, Mark. What they do, maybe... I'm pretty I, sure they do. Well, I know what they do is they take money out of your paycheck. They dock your check. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe they have uh, a couple of private companies that they'll give the money to and sign you up for a, a, a private plan. I'm not sure how that works, but I do know that you will be penalized. If you don't, on your own volition, go and sign up for health uh, health insurance, then they will confiscate your money, and uh, and then they'll do what they want with it. So we have this. It's here now. And this is what um, other to a states, state near you. Right. Other states are looking at this now. Because they're saying, well, you know, the, and the, the PR on it is a little bit trickier than with the whole universal health care thing. It allows the state to dodge the uh, accusation that, oh, this isn't universal health care. This isn't government-provided health care. We just want to make sure everybody's covered. That's all. Uh, MassHealth is a public health insurance program for eligible low- and medium-income residents of mm. Massachusetts. MassHealth is uh, the name used in Massachusetts for Medicaid and the state children's health insurance pro- plan. That's SHIP with a P, uh, combined into one program. So they got their own insurance, state right. insurance. Okay. All right. But what if you're rich and you don't pay? Do they put you on mass Jail. health? Jail. 
I suppose that's Fines. an option. <laughs> that's going to help your health. Sitting in a cold jail cell all day long. Uh, 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Have you experienced, are you a Massachusetts listener? Uh, I know we've got uh, stations in uh, Plymouth and Boston, the Boston areas. Have you experienced this new mandate? Has it gone into effect yet, or is it something that's happening in uh, September? I'm not sure what the date is on this, but it's darn soon if it hasn't happened already. Uh, I hear commercials on the uh, Massachusetts television and uh, and radio stations for it. This is it. It's here now. The German healthcare system, this fascist system, is right here in the United States of America, and people are cheering it on. Well, the the fact that it's um, German doesn't make it fascist. The fact that it is um, a partnership between a business and uh, the government is, you know, fascism. Fascism is corporate control of the government. Right. It, it's interesting, though, that fascism hasn't really left Germany. It's just that the fascist ruler has. Uh, 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. So... Thought that might be interesting to you. On the way, we got lots to talk about. We'll take your calls about whatever's on your mind. Tom is on the line. He wants to talk health care. And the inflation situation is already hitting key foods in the United States. We'll give you some of those numbers, and they're pretty shocking. Very, very high numbers. Uh, your cost at the grocery store? It's going up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The feature's on the site for free. Although we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by, for instance, so oh, I don't know, becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. Like hundreds of our listeners have done, head over to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote, and the idea is that you send in three bucks a month to the show, and we take that in and turn it around into promoting Free Talk Live and getting on more radio stations across the country. So if that's valuable to you, if you like the idea of helping Free Talk Live uh, spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible, then you should go to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll get perks, too, like access to the amp-only call-in lines, uh, amp-only chat room forum, and more. All the details, amp freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones and to the fun and talk to Tom in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to point out that when the government takes control of health care also and uh, takes uh, responsibility for the billing of it, it's not just that the, there's no competition and the quality goes way down. It's also an excuse to trample other rights of the people, like an excuse mm. to Im- inflict a seatbelt law on people, because otherwise they're going to uh, crash, and I'm going to wind up paying the bills. Oh no, they can't uh, enjoy the recreational drugs of their choice or drink the beverage of their choice, because then I'm going to wind up footing the bill. Heck, you might not even be able to eat any fast food anymore in the government-controlled uh, health universe. Yeah, because the government is going to use its costs. Oh, for the health care as an excuse to take away more and more people's freedoms. Right. And it also it puts it in people's minds that they are part of this, uh, this community called the state of New Hampshire, this imaginary community, as opposed to individuals who live in a house. They live in a society called the state of New Hampshire that is inflicting all, all these laws, and therefore that uh, they somehow... Uh, they see more of a collectivist uh, 
type of situation. You know, it could really go crazy, too, in that uh, if they get serious about making sure that you're eating healthy, then they might want to, I mean, beyond banning certain things like trans fats or fast food, uh, beyond all that, they could, for instance, maybe send a bureaucrat around uh, from time to time to do random pantry checks. Yeah, and, oh, yeah, uh, what, and the politicians would, uh, and the the government would come up with, you know, more excuses to invade, you know, like you were saying, people's privacy. What about people who choose to opt out? And uh, You can you opt know, out. It's universal. You you are mandated into the system. They won't let yeah, you opt out. Unless you're going to pay all over again, uh, you know, like sometimes even with the, you uh, Healthcare that I've got, every once in a while, if I can't get an appointment that day, then I wind up having to go to the walk-in clinic and paying for that out of my pocket. But that, that's with an HMO. Yeah. By the way, there's something else I wanted to bring up about that, and that is if you get the runaround with your HMO, and like one department says that's handled by the other department, which says that it's handled by the first department, and they're, they're uh, trying to give you the runaround, mm-hmm. and you can't get a straight answer. You go to the supervisors, and you try to get something in writing, and they, they tell you something verbally, and they say that's good enough to tell the provider who tells you the, the HMO is telling them the exact opposite thing. What you can do is threaten to go to your employer and try your best to get the whole factory switched over to a competitor because they'd love it if you just drop you know quit them and go to the other uh company because they keep all the premiums you've been paying in all these years and the competitor pays the claim hmm. See, interesting but Tom, thanks. Uh, thank you for sharing that with us. I really appreciate the call at 800-259-9231. I don't really know much about HMOs. Mark, have you ever been in one of those? Uh, when I worked for a company, we had either an HMO or PPO. You could choose between them, and I'm not sure which I had. I just had something. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. Uh, Scott emails in. He mentions an HMO in his email. He says, guys, I've been listening to the show for about three months and have come to really appreciate libertarian principles and practices. There is one area where I'm torn. I live in Canada. Mm. And appreciate the healthcare system that we have. Okay. Even though it's supported through taxes and costs a lot of money, which is taken from me to pay for other people's care, when it comes to healthcare, I feel okay with socialism. And I'll explain why. He says, I've heard the horror stories, and you probably have as well, about the private American health system. People dying when their HMOs refused treatments because they were deemed not necessary or experimental. Even when they were recommended by the doctor, people being refused emergency treatment because they weren't at the right hospital or didn't have insurance, etc. Well, so far, um, he's a little bit off because the whole HMO system is a government-created sort of product, as I understand it. Uh, It came through government legislative fiat, not through marketplace demand. Right, I would um, agree with that. Nor is it accurate to call the American healthcare system private because there's by so no much means. government money involved in it. Right. It's mostly and, controlled by the state. And who's to say that in Canada they, they don't... Uh, I mean, as far as uh, experimental medical treatments, HMOs don't pay for them. Okay, who says the Canadian government does? Mm. Do we want the Canadian... You know, do, do I want to pay for the experimental treatment um, of... You know, people in hospitals. I, I, I don't. I know that experimental treatments you're talking about costing a lot more. And do I want to take uh, banana skins to see if it uh, cures lymph- lymphoma and, you know, charge somebody a million dollars to do so? No, I think that uh, I, I don't want to pay for somebody else's experimental uh, medical care. I 
might consider it on my own. We should also point out that much experimental, uh, a lot of the experimental care isn't even available to the public in America because of government regulation, mm-hmm. because of the FDA uh, preventing that, preventing us from even experimenting. Right. With All our the health. Canadian government is is a giant HMO. To me, he says these sort of things are scary and immoral. I can't imagine showing up at an emergency room with a sick child only to be told you had to go to a different hospital because of insurance coverage and then to have your child die en route. This happens. So I'm on, sure it does. So on one sure hand, it has. there is forcible redistribution of wealth, which I'm nom- uh, normally opposed to. And on the other hand, there's death. I feel like I chose the more, or I choose the more compassionate choice when I choose socialized health care, even though I'm opposed to the principle of it. While the Canadian system is far from perfect, and I have waited up to eight hours in an emergency room, I would choose it over the current American system, where the dependence is upon private insurance companies, whose bottom line are dollars and not people. Now, um, as far as going to the wrong hospital goes, likely, if you have an HMO... You know who your preferred providers are, or whatever. That's a PPO. You know where you're supposed to go, and mm-hmm. with you know with whom you're supposed to consult. So you know where your doctor is. You know which hospital you're in. The sort of situations that he's talking about is if I was visiting Los Angeles and my child got ill, and I decided to take the child to an emergency room, and for whatever reason that hospital didn't uh, wouldn't provide service to my HMO, and I made the um, the calculated risk to leave that hospital go to the, um, a nearby hospital that did provide it, and my child died in the process. Now, remember, that hospital that I was um, currently, the first hospital I was in, they would provide me service if I signed a piece of paper and said, look, I'll pay. I'll pay. Yeah. I will pay cash money, take care of my kid. So, to some extent, this is the decision made by the parents. But he says it's, uh, it's about dollars, not people, when it comes to private insurance companies, Mark. Um, look, it's about dollars when a, as far as anything goes. Um, medical care is about dollars. Doctors have to make money. Nurses have to make money. These people have to eat. Yeah, the, the people, people in the Canadian health care system aren't volunteers. No, they're, not, they're not, not getting paid. I mean, I'm sure that some doctors are making less than they would otherwise, but likely they would just leave and go someplace else um, and, become, and be doctors like the United States right. if uh, they felt like they could make a whole bunch more money. He says, I suppose I'd compare it with the fire department. To simplify, in its beginnings, it was private, and if you paid for the service, then they would come to your aid. If you didn't, then too bad, your house burnt down. It was recognized that as a service, it was moral to socialize it. I suppose that this is the way I feel about health care. What do you see as the ideal free market solution to health care? Neither the current socialized nor privatized systems work, as far as I can see. What's the answer? Well, um, And by the way, it's never, never moral to take money um, by force from your neighbors and use it for the most moral of purposes. You, I don't care if you're helping sick people with the, mo- the money you've stolen. It is never moral to take money from people. Um, so what's the ideal solution? Well, first of all, you're wrong, Scott, that we, don't have a, we do not have a privatized system in right. America. We have a half-socialized system here in America. We've got a mostly of, socialist system in America. Half of the dollars that are spent in health care are spent by the government. Medicare, Medicaid. Okay? Medicare is for old people. Old people um, use a majority of the health care services because their bodies are wearing out. And Medicaid is for poor people and their children. I believe maybe it's just the children of the poor people. I'm not sure. And I, no, it's for poor people and their children. 
So, I mean, you know, there you go. Half the dollars in, in medical care in the United States spent by the government. I'm sorry, that's socialist. And that doesn't include all the oppressive regulations mm-hmm. and bureaucracies like the FDA and all of the other regulatory boards and agencies that, uh, that you know, hang over this business like uh, an awful, uh, terrible disease. And we need to rid ourselves of it. We need to make it so it's a true free market health care system. Right. Where Get the government completely out of it. Where you pay for the, service, the uh, services you need. You can hire whatever sort of insurance insurance company you want to hire, and there would be charity hospitals and, and charity wings, as there are today. There are charity wings sure still are. in this uh, in this country, and there are charities like the Shriners that help kids and help sick people get the, the help that they need. That's where it should stop. Coercing people into a system of wealth redistribution is always immoral. Hour number two is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show... Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. As we launch into hour number two, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us, of course, online at freetalklive.com. All the features on our website we give away, so do enjoy those on us. We need to go right into the phone calls and talk to Don in New York. Don, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hello, Don. Hey, Ian, Mark. Hey there. How you doing? Great. What's Um, on your mind? Healthcare. Were you guys discussing that again today? Uh, Yes. Yes, sir. Okay, yeah, you were talking about it the other day as well. Um, I spent about seven years when I first started working, working for a medical uh, supply company, the the largest medical supply company here in the Northeast, uh, New York, New Jersey. And uh, just something I wanted you to know that it's not all uh, regulation fees. That we used to sell uh, ev- everything from medicines to syringe, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And from the time it left the manufacturer, where there's absolutely no price, price control in, in the medical field where there there are such things as suggested list prices and retail prices um, in, in other areas, or at least there used to be until that was, I think, just recently uh, they changed that law. But there's no price control. So in other words, we would take um, a, a, a bottle of medicine that uh, we would charge uh, initially would be $100, maybe it was our cost, and turn around and sell that same vial of medicine to the doctor for 400 Okay. So just from the manufacturer to the doctor, there can be as much as a 400% increase which you don't see in a lot of other industries, and that is a problem. I would, I would actually absolutely agree that that's a problem, and uh, I, I believe I have an explanation. Okay. The reason for that uh, problem is because you know, medicine has been taken out of the hands of the consumer, put in the hands of insurance companies. Um, I think that uh, if, if the government was taken out of it entirely, that a lot of consumers would opt to have something like catastrophic medical care, and then they would pay out of their pockets for... Regular medical medical care. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's what know, I would do. Maintenance, that kind of thing. Uh, it's what I, it's what I do. And the problem with that is, is I'm the only one out there doing that. A lot of people have uh, their own uh, health care coverage insurance from their companies. They don't care how often they go to the hospital. When you're talking about a twenty five dollar copay, eh, I'll pay twenty five bucks. I won't go to work today. Or my kid has a cough. I'll pay twenty five bucks. Whatever. They're not insured by Mastercard like I am. They're you know insured by their uh, company health care problem. The the difficulty comes in is that people aren't responsible for the payment of their own bills. 
Anytime you give the payment to somebody else, eh, I'll just do whatever. Hmm. I've paid my medical insurance. It's the same amount every month, and that's the way it is. So it drives up the cost for everyone. Therefore, medical insurance insurance becomes less affordable for people, so therefore some of them won't get it. Many of them won't get it. Like, I don't know, what, half, a quarter of the people in the United States now are uninsured? So those people need catastrophic medical care, not just the regular maintenance stuff, and then they can pay for the little stuff out of their pocket. At which point, hospitals, instead of just saying, we'll take care of this, people will ask the question, well, how much is it going to cost me? And then they'll begin to uh, price compare and Mm -hmm. use the places that have the best control on costs, at which point those places will tell the manufacturers, look, you're going to have to come down on your syringes that you're marking up 400% there. and. which is the other point I was calling in about is that my, my solution to the whole health care. So I believe that we should have uh, provide, as you're saying, um, critical health care. Right. Or, or uh, another free market uh, solution would be uh, you mentioned the insurance company which uh, and, and the doctors. Everyone deserves to make profit, money, absolutely. Sure. But uh, what if the – where you take the government out of all of the hospitals and mm-hmm. here, here is a hospital and the hospital merges with an insurance company and a whole new entity gets formed – and, and and you do this across the country with all the hospitals become and insurance companies merge together. So you're lowering, you're getting rid of all the waste. Hmm. Uh, of it. And they they have uh, they would have the the best advantage and model for for getting rid of the waste, getting the most efficiency out of out of the medical care. And That's an interesting it. idea. You're it saying sure that is. the the hospitals themselves would offer a payment plan up with the insurance. Yeah, correctly. The the hospital itself could could then offer insurance. And not just hospital on a nationwide basis. Every hospital would go on to AmeriCare or whatever it is. Right. And it's a strictly voluntary, voluntary thing. There is no federal funding in it whatsoever. And you can choose to take the insurance and go to those hospitals, or you can choose not to. It's a great idea, Don. Thank you for the call. We really appreciate hearing from you. 800 It's certainly not foolproof, but libertarianism has never been um, a utopia. No, it's not perfect. Uh, but Some darn. hospitals would see ways to uh, cut costs and their you know cut spending by cutting yeah. costs um, and therefore not provide the services that they um, that the people had imagined. What a great idea, though. But as far as like, okay, wow, I've never even thought of that before. You combine insurance with the hospital, you mm-hmm. make it so the hospital says, okay, you know, sort of like how um, you you can have like the gold, you know, the red carpet program mm-hmm. uh, where you pay in X amount of dollars and you'll get this certain level of service, or you can pay, you know, why amount of dollars and you get a better level of service when right. uh, when you get sick and also it would also be a really great way to get people to contribute on a monthly basis to a charity wing because when you go into the hospital when you get sick and you go into the hospital and they get you better and then they come to you and they say well would you like to contribute to the charity wing so we can help take care of people that can't afford to pay for their their services most people will yeah sure sure I'll contribute to the charity wing but th- that they're only asked at the point at which they go to the hospital whereas if you were to have a hospital that was offering a relatively affordable insurance program where you pay the hospital on a monthly basis so you can go in and use their services as uh, as is necessary. That they could say they could simply say you know check this box if you want to contribute five extra bucks a month on your insurance plan and have that go into the charity wing of the hospital. What a great way to to raise some extra funds. It does make sense. So these this is what this was Don's idea as to one way that the marketplace could have uh, you know a bit of a different organization to it if we would just let it organize itself instead of having all of these oppressive government rules and regulations slapped on it.
which just uh, it just insulates the consumers from the end provider. It insulates the, the like you were talking about the pricing process is not as uh, as accurate as it should be. And with a free market in healthcare, prices would be going down instead of up. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line for you. Uh, let's see, coming up here. Mm, you've got a story, Mark, about the military overpaying for a few services. We'll get to that. Uh, but first, let's talk about food. Talking about the critical food items, key foods, as they are called, things like oranges and eggs and frozen juice, apples, that sort of thing. Things okay. That a lot of people buy. Okay. Uh, the Labor Department, according to McClatchy Newspapers, rose most inflation uh, most recent inflation data showed that U.S. food prices rose by 4.2%. For the 12 months ending in July. But But that's higher than inflation? uh, It might actually... I'm not sure. We don't have any way of telling what inflation is. Those numbers are higher than the government's official inflation numbers, but we all know that they cook the books, so we don't really know what the actual inflation percentages are. Uh, But they are definitely higher than their official numbers. Anyway, uh, a deeper look at the numbers reveals the price of milk, eggs, and other essentials in the American diet are actually rising by double digits. Already So the key key foods that people generally buy are Mm -hmm. going up four something percent, but the stuff that you almost absolutely have to buy, milk, eggs, bread, those kind of things, double digits. Up 10 percent. Wow. Dried beans, 11.5%. Apples, 11.7%. Fresh whole milk, 13.3%. Frozen juice, 17.7%. Eggs, 19.5%. Wow. Oranges, 19.8%. Up in just a 12-month span of time. And uh, already stung by a two-year rise in gasoline prices, American consumers now face sharply higher prices for foods they can't do without. This little-known fact might go a long way to explaining why, despite healthy job statistics, Americans remain glum about the economy. Meeting with economic writers last week, President Bush dismissed several polls that show Americans are down on the economy. Because he knows what the Americans are thinking. He expressed surprise. He's like our psychic president, Mark. He expressed surprise that inflation is one of the stated concerns. Bush asked, they cite inflation? I happen to believe the war has clouded a lot of people's sense of optimism. But the inflation numbers... It's your screwy war, buddy. Yeah. The inflation numbers reveal the extent to which lower- and uh, middle-income Americans are being pinched. The Bureau of Labor Labor Statistics said in its July inflation report that egg prices were 33.7% higher than they were in July of 2006. Wow. Uh, the, I don't know why they're reporting it as 19.5 on the chart. Anyway, over the same period, according to the department, bit of a discrepancy there. Uh, nonetheless, they're up. Over the same period, according to the department's consumer price index, whole milk was up 21.1%, which they listed as 13.3% on the chart. Now I'm really confused. Anyway, <laughs> prices are going up. And the government is the source of the problem. The government printing money is the source of the problem. More on the way, you can take control of the airwaves. Oh, there's all there's other bad news in regards to the marketplace. Corporate America is bracing for impact. We'll tell you what that means coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. 
The features on our website we give away, including the updates. You can get signed up for the list, and uh, we'll tell you whenever there's something new that you need to know about the show. Go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on that list. It's for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. All right, so uh, the the numbers I was talking about earlier, and I was a little confused. I'm looking at this story from McClatchy News Services that's talking about how food prices are going up dramatically. In fact, uh, according to the Labor Department, the U.S. food prices rose by 4.2% on average for the 12 months ending in July. But if you look deeper to the more essential foods like milk and eggs and that sort of thing, you'll see that some foods have risen by double-digit percentages. And I was confused because on here it says that eggs went up by 19.5%, and then in the article it says... That I'm reading from 33%. Graph, then it says 33.7%. Now, it says here in the on the graph the source is the U.S. Commerce Department, whereas in the article they're stating the Bureau of Labor Statistics. I don't know if that's the same source or two different uh, bureaucracies entirely, but that may explain it. If those two bureaus are indeed separate, then that may explain why they've just got totally different numbers. Either way, the numbers are awful. I mean, whether it's 19% or 33%, uh, to, to have the cost of eggs go up by a, by a third to a fifth in an entire year's time is a pretty significant thing. Mm-hmm. And we need to talk about why that's happening. Now, the article claims it's partly because of corn prices, driven up by congressional mandates for ethanol production, which, by the way, even Rolling Stone which is a fairly liberal-leaning sort of a publication. Yeah. Even Rolling Stone has come out against ethanol. They've come out and they, they had an expo- expose that basically pointed out that ethanol, ethanol is total BS. It's a total political uh, subsidy to big companies like Arthur, uh, Archer Daniels Midland. Every single time you expect the government to protect you, this is what's going to happen. Look, there are people that have their own self-interest, not your self-interest, in charge of the government. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That's the way it yes, is. These are not a group of altruists. They are not. They, I, they're not. There's, I, I, don't, you know, I, I wonder if there are really altruists. And if they, if they were out there, they wouldn't get involved in government. Mm. Even the ones that are altruists and trying to do their best for you, they, they get their heads all screwed up once yep. they get into office and they have Taste that power. power. Anyway, uh, so it's the corn prices that are a major factor in why food costs are going up, uh, because they've reduced the amount of corn available for animal feed, which means that uh, because the supply is lower, prices are going up. Therefore, in order to feed the cows that mm-hmm. are giving you milk, then they have to pay more. The, the farmers have to pay higher prices. They also say it's because of tougher immigration enforcement, as well as a late spring freeze, which have made farm laborers more scarce and damaged fruit and vegetable crops, respectively. And it's because of higher diesel fuel costs to run tractors and attractive foreign markets that take U.S. production. So all you immigration controllers, you should you should celebrate every time you pay twice as much for eggs. Mm-hmm. Because get used to it. Prices You're are going to keep going our up. jobs. Yeah. Uh, the Labor Department's last detailed survey of consumer spending showed that Americans spent about 12.8% of their income on food. A bit more than 7% of their income was spent on food at home, 57 on food away from home. Uh, they talked to a lady shopping at a uh, grocery store. She says, I make every dollar count. I cut back, and I get only as much as I need. I don't buy it because it's 10 for 10, but so I'm using it and not wasting my money. Asked about her view of the economy, she answered, terrible. 
And you know what? I wonder what most Americans' answers would be to that. The average American, not the you know wealthy right. Americans, but the average. Who cares what the uh, the econ- economists are saying about the economy? Whether you know, I, I don't know. Unemployment. Here's what they're saying: Unemployment is near record lows, and the second quarter posted a strong 3.4 percent growth rate. But it's for those Americans who are pinched by rising food and gasoline costs. And that's a lot of folks. Uh, so they're claiming the economy is just peachy. Mm. Everything's just fine. Three point four percent growth rate. Who can argue with that? But what if inflation rates skeptical. ten? What if the inflation rates ten percent? Does that mean that the three point four percent is actually not keeping up with uh, the inflation rate? Is that even something you can compare? Anyway, yes. at the at the Almara Farm in Midland, Virginia, the farmers there run a large dairy operation where about 600 cows produce 19,000 pounds of milk each day. They plant about 1,000 acres of their own corn so they don't face all of the rising feed costs like some farmers do. But they sympathize with consumers because the costs of nitrogen fertilizers and diesel fuel have all gone up sharply, raising production costs by nearly 30%. So even on a farm where they're growing their own corn, they've had costs go up 30%. You're going to feel that in your pocketbook eventually. It's not an instantaneous thing. It takes a little while for these things to trickle through the economy. Uh, but many prices, uh, milk prices aren't set on the farm. This is done by marketing co-ops, which this year have been successful in passing on higher production costs after several dismal years of prices that took dairy farmers back to the 1970s. And the story goes on about uh, it's we're screwed. I mean, prices keep going up, and it doesn't look like they're going to be going down anytime soon. Some things are getting cheaper, electronics and tech and that sort of thing. The crap you don't cheaper. need. Right. But the essentials for living life are going up. And also you need to know that uh, corporations, corporate America is preparing for impact. According to Reuters, uh, based on the stock markets falling, the U.S. housing market at a tailspin and credit tightening, corporate America is bracing for an impact. J.C. Penney Corporation regards a pretty negative sentiment as a business reality for the near future. Quote, our responsibility is to find a way to perform whatever the environment, despite a pretty negative sentiment in the marketplace, particularly about housing and energy. The John Deere Corporation, which makes heavy equipment used in construction and agriculture, has already started to brace for slower demand, said a top executive. On Wednesdays, the company reported better than expected profits. Quote, we have tried to be very responsive to the downturn by stepping on the brakes aggressively on our production. And so, you know, the fact that corporate America is talking about slowing down a bit, I don't think that's a good sign either. Isn't that sort of the sign, like it's one of the signs of an impending depression? Isn't that what happened back uh, in the day when people stopped spending, corporations stopped producing? And if people, if corporations aren't producing and people aren't spending, they're going to have to cut jobs. And if people don't have jobs and they can't spend any, you know, they can't spend. And uh, that means they can't buy things and the cuts and job cuts and spending cuts. And it's just a nasty spiral. Well, you know, you can't the government can't go sucking off of the private sector forever and not expect to be, have to pay the piper. Look, this is what happens We're going to pay the piper. Well, so are they. I mean, at well, some yeah, point yeah. when you cannot uh, squeeze, the economy takes a dive, they right. won't get as much You can't taxes. squeeze blood out of a turnip. Right. Um, the government won't get money out of us even though they forced it out of us up to this point and, you know, stalled the economy in the process. If they would just cut the taxes that Americans pay, then the economy would get jump-started again, immediately. 
I don't know if they're going to do that, though, Mark. Oh, I think they're yeah. going to take this until the bitter end. As far as they're concerned, they're entitled to those taxes. Of course they're not going to give it up. So companies cutting back production. Uh, the marketplace is uh, – it definitely took a tumble. I guess it came back up at the very end of the day today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this isn't a money show, but you need to be aware of these things. I'm no monetary fiscal expert, but I do know that when the government screws around with the economy, we all suffer. Mm-hmm. And if you don't take the proper precautions – then you could be caught unawares. If you're not paying attention, then you'll definitely be caught unawares. You'll be wondering, huh, why are my egg prices going up? Well, there's a lot of factors. More on the way, you can take control. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we do give them away, including the live streams. There's a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights limited government, and free enterprise principles, all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click join us today. We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. Military waste, a Alabama city considering banning alcohol sales. Like it's, It'll be like it's uh, prohibition all over again. Yeah, we'll that'll you, work. Give you those stories here in a moment. Uh, we'll change gears and uh, talk about the gentleman who emailed in not too long ago about his issue with... Um, well, his sexuality. Uh, he's, he's a little confused, and he's uh, sent in a follow-up. So we'll get to that, but first we're going to the phones and to the fun. Uh, let's talk to Charles in Massachusetts. Charles, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, guys. How you doing? Great. What's on your mind? Well, I got uh, two things I want to discuss. Um, well, first, uh, first thing I'd like to discuss, short thing, um, I'm getting uh, experience getting pulled over the other day. I was the passenger, not the driver, but... Um, it was nothing really ridiculous. It was just uh, we were cruising down the highway, um, the interstate, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, probably who knows how fast we were going. But we get pulled over. Um, the, the guy was using LIDAR, and he stepped out into traffic and pointed at us. And we pulled over probably about 500 yards in front of the cruiser, and we're on the interstate. Everybody's doing 70 miles an hour. Right. And uh, so we're waiting for him, and he's just standing in front of his cruiser 500 yards back. Huh. And he's waving his arm in the air. So he's waving at us to back up, and I think she wants me to back up the hi- back up down the highway. Wow. And, uh, so that doesn't sound safe. Yeah. Is that legal? <laughs> I don't think so, but, um, you know, that'll, that'll be great in court, I guess. But uh, he had us back all the way down the highway. And um, I just want to make a – I had never talked to, uh, never talked to her about um, uh, the driver, my girlfriend there. never talked to her about uh, – getting pulled over or anything before, um, but when we were pulled over, I, uh, the officer asked her if she knew how fast she was going or knew mm-hmm. the posted speed limit, and I was saying, no, 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 you know, and she says, yes, <laughs> <laughs> you know how fast you're going, and I said, no, no, but she says, uh, I don't know, 80. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, there's no reason <laughs> to admit anything to those guys, no reason at all. I know, I, I, I told her right when he left, but... um. On, on to the next story. Did he there. try any funny business, like searching or anything like that? 
No, he, no, he, I, not really. Was it a state trooper? Yeah, state trooper. You know, I have heard that it's less likely that state troopers will ask to search. I don't know if there's any sort of uh, statistic yeah, never... or anything behind that, but I've heard that the state troopers are just all about the tickets. They just want to give you they their are. ticket and move on. They like to give tickets. I was, um, I had my hood stuck in my car one day, and I was replacing a part under the hood, and a cop walked up next to me, and um, he scared me, and he, uh, because I didn't expect to see him there, and um, mm-hmm. you know, I, he said, "Well, what's the matter?" And he's like, "You got to take him care of." I said, "Yeah, it's all set." And he said, "Okay." And I said, well, my muffler had blown up. That's what caused the problem. Right. And I told him my muffler had blown up, and you're not going to pull me over down the road, are you? He goes, well, as long as you get home, you can probably deal with a couple tickets. You know? <laughs> nice. What did he ticket you for? He didn't actually ticket me for anything. He, right. He just he, he just doesn't feel like the tickets the are that big of a deal. He, right. As far as he's concerned, ah, it's your responsibility to take, pay for these tickets I give you, citizen. I, I won't see. meet my quota if you don't get them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, Charles, but, what uh, else? Um, I wanted to talk about uh, the uh, pedicabs in New York. I was listening to the BBC last night. And, the what uh, last night? The what? The British Broadcasting. Okay. Okay. The BBC. Pedicabs? Are you talking about the uh, jitney cabs, the underground cabs? No, no. Pedicabs are uh, bicycles. Right. Oh, I they're, did not know that. They're like a rickshaw. It's like a guy in a big overgrown tricycle and two people sit in the back. Okay, okay. Anyways, um, they're doing this, uh, some of them are doing it because they believe it's more eco-conscious, you know, some of them are doing it probably because it's pretty lucrative, but anyways, they're faster around the city and they're growing in numbers, and the cabbies are not happy about it. No, of course um, they're not. They need regulation. So, exactly. They're really lobbying hard to, um, get some regulation passed on these, and the work that I guess it's about to pass in New York City, oh, there's something like 700, um, pedicabs petty, in New York City. Uh, but they're going to impose a legal cap on uh, on them for for 350. So they're going to put now, existing cabbies out of business in order to put, yes. <laughs> pass this legislation. Exactly. And, Unbelievable. And on top of that, um, these people, a lot of them, do it because they believe it's you know it's a green, eco-friendly thing. Right. You know, and anti-smog, which you know. So New York is point. legislating more um, gas com- combustion engines and in, in, uh, working. Right. Exactly. More smog, more exhaust. Trying to get rid of uh, the environmentally friendly stuff, um, just so the cabbies can make a buck. And the cabbies are saying they're dangerous when apparently there's never been a fatality on one of these things. Well, there will be. I mean, any any time you put a human being that's alive around something long enough, that that thing will kill them. You know, Wait people get killed by falling coconuts. Hold on, I missed a point. Is it the cab drivers, the uh, the automotive cab drivers that are lobbying for this change, or sure. the existing um, what were they called? Pedicabs. Pedicabs. No, it's the it's the existing. Uh, it's the it's the uh, driving cabs. The you know the okay the automobile cab drivers. I am yeah, so sorry to hear that. Yeah, automobile cab drivers are not happy about all the pedicabs stealing their. Sure, pit. the automobile drivers have these medallions. They're limited in their that competition. They've paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for. By now the way. somebody's coming into the market and they're taking a certain small amount of the business. Right. Some of that business um, people would call for cabs, and some of them they wouldn't. They just go ahead and walk. But the sure. cabs don't care. They don't care about serving people. Right. They don't care about uh, the pedicabs. They don't care about conserving energy. They don't care about any of that They've stuff. They've paid for protection, and damn it, they better get it. Yes. So the problem is the city's regulation, period. The cabs shouldn't be regulated. The exactly. pedicabs shouldn't be regulated. The market will regulate how many people are um, you know, going to be doing these Charles, thanks for the call. We really appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You're right, Mark. That is the problem. But can you imagine the opposition... 
that would come from the cab drivers if the city ever considered eliminating the taxicab medallions? Because these guys have paid hundreds of thousands. The last time we looked at the auction prices for these medallions, when right. one comes up, the uh, authority of taxicabs, or whatever the hell it's called, they auction it off to the highest bidder. Mm-hmm. They're going for four hundred dollars to $600,000 for one cab medallion at this point. That's incredible. And uh, Now, I if mean, you got rid of these things... Anybody would be able to get a Lincoln Town Car right. and, and call themselves a, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, a town car is, is a common taxi sure. cab vehicle and, and a fine one, I must say. Uh, the older ones, not the ones that they're coming out with right now, because they have the bigger trunks. Anyway, the um, anybody would be able to get one of these vehicles and call themselves a taxi cab yep. operator. They'd be able to get into business for oh, I don't know what you can get a 1997 t- uh, Lincoln Town Car $3, for thousand bucks, right? Three thousand dollars, and Tank they're in gas. business. Yep, cell phone. They could provide services to people. They could drive Business somebody card. from the airport to, which I believe is in actually in, uh, no, there's there's one in. There's uh, a couple airports. Yeah, there. there's a couple of them. Uh, the one's in Newark. but um, So, of course, you're entering New Jersey, which is a whole other set of uh, problems. Right. But uh, there's LaGuardia, too, which up in Queens, I think. But can you imagine, though? I mean, the amount of opposition. These guys have paid hundreds of thousands of dollars in, and they're sure as hell not going to get a settlement from the New York government if they were to ever even propose removing the regulations. I mean, that would be the right thing to do, of course, right? Well, here you go. We'll give you a little bit of your money back. That way you'll feel better. Uh, but, you know, they've been protected. They have been protected from competition, effectively, but also they have paid through the nose in order to for be that able to do business sure. uh, for that protection. And so they sure as hell would not be feeling good that they went and paid $400,000 a few years ago, and now anybody can enter the game. So they would lobby till, you know, the end of the earth. Uh, to keep their protectionist scheme in place. And it's New York City. It's not going anywhere. The government in New York City is not uh, going to be cut down anytime soon. It'll probably be the last place to ever see a reduction in government. Yeah. 1-800-259-9231. Let's talk to Rob in Montana. Rob, you're on Free Talk Live, listening on KGEZ. Hello. Oh, hey. Hey, what's on your mind? Oh, what's up? Actually, my name is Grob, G-R-O-B. Gotcha, Grob. What's on your mind? Um, well, actually, I'm kind of a local celebrity here in Montana. Congratulations. Not, so, Why is that? Uh, what have you done? <laughs> what haven't I done? Drinking? <laughs> actually. Um, well, I've done that, you know, but, um, really, uh, the reason I called you is, uh, I want to talk about, uh, Montanans for Ron Paul. Okay, you can do um, that. Hang on. 800-259-9231. Bring it back. Grob. 1-800-259-9231. We've got a celebrity on our show, Mark. Thank God. This Finally. Is the first we're getting time. the recognition we deserve. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231, inviting you to our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features on the site we give away. Though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by going and digging Free Talk Live. And we haven't asked you to do this in a while because, well, you can only really do it once. Uh, You go to dig.freetalklive.com. That's dig with two Gs, although the other way will work as well. Uh, dig.freetalklive.com, and it takes you to a website called dig.com, which is one of the more popular social bookmarking websites on the Internet. And um, there's a podcast section there that we want you to dig our podcast. It's real easy. You just click a button, and it's, it's, it says dig it right next to our podcast name, and it will increment our total number of digs by one. 
And we currently have over 630 digs. And we could use you going there and doing that. And there are some other things you can do there as well. You can dig up individual episodes of Free Talk Live. You can comment on our episodes, which is actually kind of a cool feature. So if you hear a show that you really like uh, or that you really hate, you can go to dig.freetalklive.com. You can find that show, and you can comment on it. Now, you do have to have a free Dig account, which just doesn't take a long time to sign up for, and uh, your privacy will be protected and all that good stuff. Um, but the important point is that if you've gone and dig uh, or dug the show, that you go back and do it again sometime. because, Or you go back and lock in your Dig by digging something else. Maybe dig one of our episodes or dig anything else on the dig.com website. Um, that way your, your Dig locks in because it goes away after two weeks if you don't keep going back and, and doing more. So a good At excuse, least digging something. All right, so a good reason to go back and do something on the website would be to comment on one of our archives. So you hear something you like, go to dig.freetalklive.com, find that archive and comment on it. And uh, that, I think that also helps lock in your dig as well. Anyway, it makes a big difference for us, so we really appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Let's go back to Grob in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hey, what's up, kids? All right, Grob, you're on the air. You're a local celebrity in the Kalispell area, and uh, what do you want to talk about tonight? Well, first thing I want to talk about is uh, Montanans for Ron Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big supporter of him, and I'm... Pretty close friends for like the core movement for Ron Paul for president. Mm hmm. Congratulations. And, um, so, why well, do you think Ron Paul yeah. should be president, Grob? Grob? Well, first of all, let me tell you I'm a social worker out of the University of Montana. Okay. Right. And um, the reason I support Ron Paul is not just because he's. Uh, against the Patriot Act, which takes away our rights as Americans. Mm -hmm. But he's totally, like, against our war on drugs. Like we talked I had about a feeling drugs. that was going to be an issue with you, Grob. I just had that sort of spidey sense on that one there. And I'm with you on that oh. one. I think the war on drugs needs to be ended immediately. And you're right. Ron Paul is the only candidate amongst all the Democrats and the, the Republicans that is going to take a real principal position on the war on drugs. So yeah, we'll see. There, there's this guy in B.C. who's wanted by the American government. They think he's the biggest drug dealer in the world because he sells seeds over the Internet. His name is Mark Emery, in fact. And yeah, we, uh, we interviewed Emery, Mark, and... which you might be interested in, uh, in seeing or listening to, rather. If you go to guests.freetalklive.com, you can actually hear that. And uh, what, what now, has, is Mark uh, endorsing Ron Paul? Or are they somehow uh, linked together now? Oh, yeah. Uh, Mark is definitely endorsing Ron Paul. I just got back from Seattle, and if you read an article in The Stranger... He's completely endorsing Ron Paul and his war on drugs that we have, which is prosecuting Americans like everybody is like crying about how this war in Iraq is costing us all this much money and we're losing it. But no one seems to care about this war on drugs, which we're prosecuting our own people. Yep, it's really outrageous. Putting over 750,000 marijuana smokers in jail cells uh, every single year, arresting uh, over a million and a half people for all drugs combined, and it's just a tragic war against our friends and family members. And Grob, I'm glad you're on the, the side of freedom on this one, and thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Now, that's an issue that you don't see Ron Paul really addressing a lot, because 
does well, obviously it probably doesn't play very well with his, you know, his perceived core audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure he could. I'm sure if it came up, he could do a really good job of couching it, uh, couching ending the war on drugs in economic terms or terms that would resonate with uh, the Republican base, because it's not hard to do. You know, you're throwing money down this hole. Uh, it hasn't stopped. The drug, Not working. It, yeah, it hasn't stopped the drug flow. It has, uh, it has, a uh, you know, uh, ripped up the Constitution, at least the Fourth Amendment portion and the Tenth Amendment portion of uh, of the Bill of Rights. And it's made every um, everything dangerous for all of us. Uh, you know, for now, your family. Sure. Now we're all in danger from uh, hoodlums out there trying to uh, hurt people to get money so that they can pay for these extraordinarily expensive drugs, which wouldn't be expensive if they were legal. There are all kinds of reasons. Or at so least decriminalized. I know the rumor has it Ron Paul might be on the show. Has that been rescheduled or anything, Mark? <sighs> You're rolling your eyes. It means it has. It, I, I, I have it. Uh, you know, I have it scheduled. So it's still scheduled for maybe this weekend. Maybe this weekend. We can't say anything more than that. I'm, I'm, I haven't had a lot of luck getting him on. Right. Um, it changes at the drop of a hat. He's busy, and you know what am I going to? But do? Uh, that's definitely an issue I want to cover with Ron. You know, I want to get him uh, on the record, uh, really coming out against this war on drugs because there's a there's a large amount of people out there that can really get excited by that issue that maybe won't necessarily be excited by uh by the monetary system or or, or the income tax um though i think those are pretty pretty exciting and important issues myself as well it's just that he covers those a lot so i'm going to try to get him to cover some different ground when he comes on the show 800-259-9231 i've got a really great email on the war of, war on drugs you have it's, to hold it because we got calls rolling okay. in here uh we need to talk to the muslim anarchist in california you're on free talk live hello Hey, what's up, guys? I'm your faithful alternative to Christian anarchy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Although I'm actually not an anarchist, I'm a non-archist. What's that mean? Well, you see, the prefix A is an anti... It it means to oppose, right? To say non means I don't even acknowledge them in the first place. Hmm, I don't know. I think the the term A means without. without. Well, also, non-archy is a philosophy of debate. And in addition, um, the term anarchy really has got a nasty flavor to it anyway, so I'm, totally I'm all for coming up with new terms. I'm all, I, well, it's not, I didn't come up with this term, but this isn't what I want to talk about. Okay. Um, first off, I just want to say I totally support Ron Paul, and if he came out with a, war, with a, a stance against the war on drugs, he would have that much more support from me. I object to one thing, though, and that is it's the war on some drugs. That's correct. Uh, there are some drugs that are uh, entirely, well, I mean, they're not unregulated, but they are available. Uh, alcohol, cigarettes, uh, of course, uh, caffeine. Salvia is still out there, though they are planning on probably making that illegal sometime soon. Um, but yeah, it's not, no, it's not even a war on drugs. It's a war on people, like Rob was saying. I got two things I want to actually get to. One is that uh, I want to mouth off a little bit on this whole Christian cult conspiracy thing. Sure. And then I got a question for you, Ian, about a, a market solution for something. All right, mouth off. Go ahead. Okay, so um, first off, I consider myself sort of a pseudo cult expert. Okay. And uh, so I want to give you guys. Hey, the don't worry. That's how that's how all the cult experts become ex- cult experts. They just say they are. Go ahead. Well, I actually led a cult for a while. So you know, before Islam, I was pegging for ten years, and uh, you know, so Santa Cruz. By the way, your emperor is dead. But uh, <laughs> I want to give you guys an academic definition for cult. Okay. And what it is is that it, it refers back to the Greek mystery cults that worshipped. Uh, dying and resurrecting gods that I you know, promised you salvation through initiation and baptisms and confession and stuff like that. So uh, by this academic definition, the etymology of the word, Scientology and Landmark and things like that, they're not really cults, but 
but Christianity absolutely is. Fair enough. So, uh, for the, but the Zeitgeist movie, man, this movie is just like such bunk scholarship. Like they, he says that the Prophet Muhammad is a resurrecting god. He's like that's right. I, I don't remember Muhammad being resurrected at any point. No, Revered, he also was certainly. not the son of God. Was not a savior. Never claimed Prophet. to be any sort of. What, but this isn't the point. The point is none of these gods are born on December twenty fifth, and December twenty fifth isn't even the winter solstice. December twenty no, first is the winter solstice. Right. It's my understanding what Christmas was was the beginning of a holiday that was used to correct the calendar. Um, that you know basically, it, as, as far as the lay person went. Months were 30 days, and there were 12 of them, and that equals 360. Right. So they, um, you know, those that were uh, in charge at that time would uh, declare a holiday for the uh, days that didn't count. Um, that right. would begin on, uh, on or about December the 25th, and then party to the end of the year, at which point January would begin. Now, Muslim anarchists, we're short on time. You said you had a question? Oh, yeah. This is, uh, you know, this goes back to pseudoscience, right? I want to know how the market would handle... Uh, claims from pseudoscientists, especially medical pseudoscientists. Have you ever been to JunkScience.com? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, it's a great organization uh, that uh, they, they've appeared on Penn & Teller's BS. It's an organization of scientists, of course, that, and, uh, and skeptics that questions the claims of other scientists. So it's basically like the consumer reports, if you will, for science. Um, so that's one example of what we already have today, and you could just take that and expand it out. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. In fact, JunkScience.com is running a global warming challenge where you can actually get like $100,000 if you can prove uh, global warming to them. Sort of similar similar vein to uh, James Randi's prize in uh, that you could win a million dollars if you can prove psychic abilities, which, of course, has been around for a decade and no one's ever been able to scientifically prove their psychic ability. Hour 3 coming up. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the program. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Bring up what you want. You can also join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. That is freetalklive.com. Rolling right into the phone calls. Uh, coming up, though, we'll still, hopefully, we'll have time for uh, the bisexual email as well as the military just absolute abject wastefulness. Uh, we'll give you the numbers on that. Uh, but first, let's go to the phones. Phones are loaded up, so let's talk to Dave in New Hampshire. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey, Dave. What's on your mind, sir? Well, I just wanted to let you know, uh, you guys have probably been following a little bit the story of the uh, the new Free Stater paper that's about to start up in Manchester. Fantastic. It's about time Manchester caught up with uh, the folks here in Keene. Oh, well, I don't know. I mean, if you go to, if there's a weekly Manchester meeting. It's pretty big. There were yeah. three people at it. I was uh, just talking week. about. I wasn't talking about size. We know there are more activists there, but I was talking about the paper because uh, Keen Free Press has been around for like a year and a half now. Yeah, that's true. And the Manchester Free Press, what it'll be called, uh, will be modeled, uh, you know, in some ways on the Keen Free Press, but it'll be different in a lot of ways. And I got a chance last night uh, to see my first, uh, my copy of the first uh, template, and it looks really good. Very cool. Is somebody going to be posting that, uh, perhaps over at nhfree.com in the forums there, so others can uh, can see it? I don't know. I don't know if it's been put anywhere yet. I think that's they pretty just put exciting. Basically, 
they put like just basically template articles that they just grabbed, you know, just for filler, and they're trying to just experiment with how it's going to look. Are they talking about doing it on a uh, like a an every other week sort of a basis, or what's the frequency they're looking at? The last I heard, it was going to be twice a month. That's correct. I think that's a good place to start. Um, and then if you know if it gets really popular, you can always make it once a week or something like that. Uh, but you don't want to burden people down. I think this is a great example for anybody across the country of something that is, I mean, pretty. It's something that's within reach for a small group of activists. I mean, how many people are involved in this, Dave? It appears to be around twenty. Um, the the uh, this will have I think a much broader base of uh, activist support going out out the out the door than the uh, Keen Free Press did when it got started. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it will have a more professional look, and uh, it will just have more people behind it. But they'll share articles, and uh, you know they'll still do a lot of things uh, probably in in tandem. Um, but I think that the the, the Manage Free Press will just be a little bit more. It'll look more like the paper it's sitting next to, basically, in terms of layout and everything. It'll have just a more polished feel, you know, right from the get-go. I love it. I think it's a great idea. I think we need to have more of these popping up around New Hampshire. Uh, obviously, uh, this is sort of a free state project concept, though I believe it was actually uh, initialized by someone who was uh, just a New Hampshire resident that was just excited by free staters. Yeah, there was this gal who got freaked out about, uh, the, you know, having to license her dog. She just she, she pulled a Popeye when they told her that, you know, I can't I can't stand it no more. And so she, uh, <laughs> she came looking to, you know, to Yahoo to try and find out more information about freedom and how to not have to license her dog. Mm-hmm. And she just stumbled, of course, right into us. And uh, then she um, got in touch with us. And uh, right after that was when I got sent off to the clink, you know, for refusing to pay that $100 federal fine, right. distribution of handbills fine. And that fired her up even more, apparently. And uh, then, you know, she's like, well, we've got to do something. i got to do something. And um, so uh, that was her, that the thing she finally settled on was starting up a paper. Now, this, was, this is what happens. Uh, in the course of people's lives, they deal with the government enough that they're just, at some point, a lot of people become come to the end of their wits. That's mm-hmm. it. Look, I can't take it. I'm not going to pay you X amount of dollars per year so that I can have the privilege of owning a dog. Right. Look, you don't live my life. You don't come in my house and clean the dog poo. You've got nothing to do with this dog, and you will not charge me $100 or $50 so that I can have a dog in my house that I pay the mortgage on. Absolutely. You sick, disgusting bureaucrat. And then this right. girl... And did- if, they, if they ever come after her dog, well, they're coming after someone with a paper now. <laughs> That's yeah. never a good idea to come Never. After- not only somebody with a paper, but a group of great uh, free stater activists behind her as well. Now, what I found interesting is that not only did she get a- um, get angry about the dog issue and then discover NHFree.com and discover the Free State Project and the movement of liberty-loving activists that have moved to New Hampshire, um, that the movement has only just begun, by the way, uh, but she discovered all that information, and then she started slowly learning. You know, She's basically thrown to the wolves and all of a sudden discovered all of these other awful things the government had been doing to other people people that she hadn't been aware of at all and it was pretty outrageous to her at least this is me judging on the post that she uh you know the public post that she made i mean what what a shock to the system that has to be to uh to find out that the government's doing something terrible to you and then all of a sudden come across pretty much at once many of the other terrible things the government had done to other people and i think that really galvanized her and uh and gave her the resolve to like you were saying go out and do something and the other important point about this is that what she's doing in Manchester and what the the guys with Free Minds TV are doing here in Keene are perfect examples of exactly what the Free State Project was looking to accomplish. 
The purpose of the Free State Project is to move 20,000 liberty-loving activists all to one state so they can then be active uh, activists for liberty to help reduce the size of government, increase the amount of liberty we all have in our lives. But we knew coming here that 20,000 people, while it might be an okay voting block, isn't really a lot. It's not enough to you know win any elections or anything like that. So we understand that as uh, people that are moving into the state, we have to be able to influence others. We have to get the existing New Hampshire, the regular folk of New Hampshire that have been, you know, they've just sort of forgotten about the fight for liberty. Maybe at one time they were involved and they just felt defeated by the government. These sort of uh, dormant, really potential, awesome liberty activists that are just sitting out there, we have to discover these people. And we're already seeing it happen. Uh, we've got a, a couple guys that have a TV show here in Keene called Free Minds TV. We have them on the show on Tuesday nights. You can go to freemindstv.com to see what they're doing. Free Minds TV would not exist if it weren't for Free Talk Live because free, because Toby was listening to Free Talk Live. He discovered liberty through our show. He found out we were moving here. He got really excited and became an activist, and he created Free Minds TV. Right. Same thing with this yeah, girl. And, and, she and, discovered and, us, and now she's creating her own newspaper. And, and bear in mind... Uh, uh, free Minds TV is exclusively a native show, I think. Right. I don't think there are any free state. I mean, there are not any, like, recent mover free staters that work on that show. Not to my knowledge. On a regular basis. Right. Those are just guys that lived in Keene. And so I don't, yeah, you're right. I don't think they would have done this if other people hadn't already been doing things. And um, But yet they're completely self-contained. I mean, they don't need any free stater help. They just do, they just do their thing. Right. And, um, you know, so it's, it's really, it is. It's an example of how, a few people moving, you know, changes the people that are already here. Right, and that will help us snowball the entire movement because the more the locals, you know, the New Hampshire natives get active, the more that they're doing, the more excitement that's going to generate in people listening to this program or people watching the Free State Project from other states that have been thinking about moving up. They're going to get excited and maybe they'll move sooner and all of this will, uh, you know, will generate more and more excitement and more publicity for the ideas of liberty in this state, which of course is going to end up spreading across the country, hopefully, if all goes as planned, if other people in other states that might be tied down due to family concerns or, you know, they can't move their business for whatever reason, they see all these uh, successes in New Hampshire, maybe that'll re-energize them to get active and do something where they're at. Yeah, I had a guy uh, email me yesterday, uh, uh, private message me on another forum that I'm on. He saw my open carry video, and he uh, he wants to you know get in touch with me and discuss how he can do the same exact thing in uh, Georgia, I believe. It's awesome. And, uh, we're, we're open carry is legal, so that's cool. And you know, we all are focused on New Hampshire, and that's what really matters to us. But right. it is neat to see other things happening in other sure. states. Idea, sure, the ideas doing. are spreading, and people are getting excited. That's absolutely my uh, my belief that the Free State Project w- could very well save America simply because if enough people come to New Hampshire to be beacons for liberty, enough people that are willing to to make the move, then they can show what a difference can be made. Mm. That will inspire people elsewhere who will then get, uh, you know, charged up like the people have that we've, um, you know, Free Minds TV and this uh, Manchester Free Press gal. Just like that. Awesome. Dave, thanks Although, for... Uh, instead, of trying to, instead of trying to invent the wheel where they are, I hope they'll just come here where it's already you know, partly invented. I would me, agree. Me too. This is definitely the place to be. If you care about liberty and you can get to New Hampshire, you need to go to freestateproject.org and learn more about the project. Get signed up, and then we'll see you here. And Dave, keep up the good work. Thanks for bringing this up on the air. We really appreciate the call. 800-259-9231. And think about this. He was talking about how the newspapers are going to share ideas and share articles. What a, what a wonderful way to reduce 
reduce the workload on the individual staffs that are producing the papers. Mm -hmm. Instead of having to figure out where all your articles are going to come from, you can just borrow some from the uh, the paper across the state. And so that this would make it even easier for somebody to open up the, you know, the Concord Free Press. Sure, instance. the Free Press franchise. Exactly. 800-259-9231. And you know what would be really nice is if someday these people that are doing all this hard work could actually make a profit at it. It Great. could happen. More on the way. The show is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever you want. If you call in, 800-259-9231, the Sickle CAI uh, CA toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231, and it is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features on the site are for free, including the bulletin board system with over 250,000 posts. That's a lot of posts. Yeah, serious, whole bunch. Serious issues and fun stuff and everything in between. You'll find it all. It is all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom, smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. As we go to the phones and to the fun, to Scott in Winnipeg. Scott, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hi, guys. What's on your mind, Scott? Well, I want to talk real quickly about Mitt Romney. Um, there is a reason why you shouldn't vote for him that I really haven't seen covered at all in the media. Besides the fact that he's a big government freak? Besides that, even worse. Uh, the, the other problem is that I don't want to sound like I'm bashing anybody. I'm a Mormon. Okay. You're a Mormon. I have been for 14 years. Okay. okay. But I, I haven't been active or a believer for the last two years. Okay. How can you be a Mormon but not a believer? You're like an ethnic Mormon. I, no, no. I, I converted when I was an adult. Okay. And about two years, I had a, two years ago, I had a major worldview change, and now I'm agnostic. How can you be an agnostic and a Mormon at the same what, time? What the hell happened? I'm on that... paper, I'm still a member on paper. Well, so, oh, I see. So what, paper, what happened? Mark is asking what, what happened. What, what, what was, was your, your major thing? Um, oh, my major life change? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I... I kind of always considered myself a skeptic when it came to everything except my religion. Mm -hmm. And then uh, just, I had some doctrinal issues that I had discussions with over with some of my fellow church members, and uh, we disagreed. I decided to research it further, and I just came to a realization that it was just a bunch of man-made, you know, made-up stuff. What a shock, huh? Yeah. <laughs> How old were you when that happened? Uh, I was 32 when that happened. Oh, wow. You sound much younger than that. I, yeah, that's what people say. I'm 34 now. Okay. So well, con congratulations on on, uh, on independent thinking, sir. Uh, Thank what, you. Now, what's the reason that you say that most people don't know that they shouldn't uh, care for this Romney cat? Well, this is the thing. When you're a Mormon, you have a lot of layers of authority above you in the church. And every one of those layers of authority are considered to be led by revelation directly from God. I don't know so, if I'm going for this one. This is the same argument. It sounds like the same argument that was used against uh, Kennedy in, in the early 60s, that, oh, my yeah. God, the country is going to be run by the Pope. Well, except that in, in this case, the Catholics, they'll, they, they say that the Pope is infallible, but they don't really believe it. Mormons say that the prophet isn't infallible, but no one believes it. They actually think he is infallible. Okay. And I, I know I, I actually was a Catholic growing up, and I converted to Mormonism in the early 20s. Mm-hmm. So, or when I was in early, my early 20s. So I see sort of both perspectives. Uh, with, more, with Mormonism, it's a lot more authoritative. And the thing is, if you say things that are against the standard Mormon belief, you can have sanctions, like you can have your priesthood taken away, because Mitt Romney holds a priesthood. Every, hmm. male, every Mormon male who's worthy holds a priesthood. I'm a okay. priesthood holder still. 
Um, though I would be excommunicated if they knew I was calling in, sort of ranting on the church. Sure. Um, so the thing is, if if he takes a position publicly that goes against Mormon teaching, there is a chance he could be called by his bishop and come into the bishop's office and say, you know, why are you saying these things that are against our doctrine? And and now, it's unlikely that would happen because he's such a public figure. But the possibility is there that he could have ecclesiastical sanctions put against him, and he'd have that pressure. Because they believe that the prophet is a real prophet, that God talks to him every day. Mm-hmm. And so that's a huge influence on someone who's a, a real believer. So wait, is this prophet uh, somebody that is a, in a current position in the Mormon yes. Church? Yes, Gordon B. Hinckley. He's called the president of the church, prophet, seer, and revelator. So he's like they the pope. He's like the pope of the Mormon Church, basically. The pope, except that uh, Catholics don't really believe that the pope talks with God every day. Well, I shouldn't say all of them. Some well, of they claim that he does. I mean, it's common. I don't think that most Catholics believe that the pope talks to God every day. But most Mormons do believe that the president of the church does because that's what we. The church is pretty young. It's less than 200 years old, and at the beginning, it was through revelation directly from God and Jesus that it was established. So, mm-hmm. is, are you suggesting that uh, this Mitt Romney, since he's a Mormon, he's going to be just taking his marching orders from this? Uh, this not entirely. Guy? No, they they say that they don't get involved in politics, which isn't entirely true. Like they supported in California uh, votes against same-sex marriage, things like that. Um, they wouldn't be so blatant about it because he's so such high profile. But it's just that the potential is there that he would um, – it's hard to say. Like, I don't know him personally, obviously. I mean, there's different levels of, of, of people that are zealous. I was quite zealous when I was a member. Mm-hmm. I told the party line. I, I did what I thought was right, what they told me to do. Now, I don't know if he's that kind of true-believing Mormon. I, I don't know. But if he is, then I would be worried. Very good. And that I, means he's going to be subject to – to the presidency, and uh, you know they're against same-sex marriage. So there's no way that would ever, ever go through because mm. he would, he could have his priesthood taken away. And to most Mormon males, that's that's worse. You know, the sad that. thing is that an atheist doesn't have a chance at running for office in in this country, and that's I know, and it's backwards because yeah. an, athe- an atheist has a clean slate. An atheist is uh, is less like well, then again, it all depends. If it, I mean, an atheist libertarian is obviously going to be different from an atheist communist, but nonetheless, yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you for the expertise. You really appreciate the uh, the opinion, and thank you for the thank call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I look, it doesn't matter to me if it's Mitt Romney or Giuliani or Hillary Clinton. One of the one of them, it's all going to be bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Barack Obama, whatever the other guys' names are, they're all bad. They all want bigger government. They all want more control, whether it be for their religion or for their buddies in business or for you know whoever it is. Right. It's politics. Right. You know. Uh, you know. Reward your friend. Punish your enemies. Are all bad news to me, except for Ron Paul. He seems like a decent guy. Let's go to Wayne in Minnesota. Wayne, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Wayne. Hey. What's on your mind? Hey, I want to talk about net neutrality and okay. uh, the Good. libertarian standpoint. Uh, how a free marketeer would look look at it? Okay, uh, net neutrality is basically we have the four big communication companies, which are AT and T, Comcast, and Verizon, mm-hmm. and Time Warner. And they, what they want to do is to basically tier the internet, you know, divide it into tiers and provide their paying customers with faster services and say, let's say you're not one of their preferred customers, so they can limit your bandwidth. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, um, I mean, I don't see really what the problem with that is. It's their uh, it's their service they're providing. I mean, they already have different tiers. I can buy cheapy DSL and have my downloads capped at a uh, you know 768 kilobits per second, or I can pay full price DSL and have uh, three me- uh, three megabits per second down, or I can pay more than full price and get like a business class DSL where I can have you know five to seven megabits zippy. down. So you know that's already going on today, and that's the marketplace organizing itself. The net neutrality people are very upset about. About that, and they want government to come in with its rules and regulations and impose them because they believe it will, you know, prevent, uh, you know, these companies from doing that and thereby keep their speeds high. It seems to me that internet speeds have constantly been going up because of competition, because there are a variety of service providers that are competing. Uh, really, I mean, they're slashing each other's throats over uh, over, ser- over internet business, services, yeah. and uh, it seems to me that the internet's doing just fine without government involvement, sir. I'm more worried about the innovation that would be stifled competition. You know, it's, it's going to limit because let's say you have your you know customers that you, you you're Time Warner and I'm AT&T and you want an AT&T service but you use Time Warner and so they're going to you know either redirect you or not make that page loadable. I mean, I'm not worried about it's abs- it's really I mean ha- is this isn't happening now and it's paranoid to believe that it will because I'll just, you know, my internet company will allow anybody to use Let's have any government site. regulation because something terrible could happen. Yeah, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it more on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features for free. And those features include the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens and dozens of ladies who sent us their validated photo to prove they listened to the show. Uh, in fact, we've added three brand new Shriners to the Shrine recently. You can see them at freetalklive.com. Uh, we just got off the phone with Wayne in Minnesota, who's concerned about this concept of net neutrality, which is a bit of a confusing concept. So Sam is on the line in Texas on the amplifier line to uh, clear things up for us. Hello, Sam. Hi. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Like you said, I want to clarify net neutrality a little bit. Uh, I personally have 15 meg FIOS service, so my line is very fast, and yes, there are different tiers, but that's not what really the phone company is attacking. What they want to do is force high uh, bandwidth users like, say, YouTube, for instance, to pay them to get access to their customers. Does that make sense? It does, yes. Okay. So what that means is even though if, if YouTube doesn't decide to pay, even though I have 15 meg service, the videos may take an hour to download, whereas right now it's taken five or ten seconds. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then what happens, though, if I'm, like, from Sweden and I want to watch the, the Swedish version of YouTube on the servers overseas? They're not really going to be interested in paying all the phone companies in the United States so that the few users over here uh, sure. are able to download the videos fast. It sounds very bureaucratic. It sounds like it would be very difficult to... I mean, I suppose there are a handful of sites that are very, very high-bandwidth sites, so maybe they could easily target them, but it seems to me like there are you know, billions of websites and how you could possibly really... Uh, go after them all. It seems it seems like a difficult thing for the companies to do, but but even so, it it's, it ignores the competition factor. I mean, okay, fine. So Verizon wants to start charging YouTube to give them priority service. Well, maybe Comcast or Time Warner isn't going to do that.
that, and they'll understand that they'll get business from Verizon as a result of it. So I'll switch my providers if necessary. Now, Ian, I agree with you that the the, uh, telecom providers should be able to do whatever they want. The problem is government is so heavily uh, involved in telecom, and they regulate it and push competition out. The, The barriers to entry are just insane. Oh, that's true. I mean, I certainly wish that uh, we did not have, for instance, um, we were talking a few weeks ago about the cable company here, locally here in Keene, New Hampshire, where we do the show from, and I apparently got a little bit of my information wrong, and and I said I would clarify this on the air. I thought that the franchise agreement was an exclusive agreement between Time Warner Cable and the local government that essentially excluded other companies from offering cable TV services, because that's, as I understand it, how it typically works. And it certainly is typical. I was told that that is not the case, and I went and verified this, and it's true. According to the franchise agreement, um, it is not an exclusive agreement in that they could enter in agreements with others. However, but you that, just won't get a permit to put up your poles and your cable. Right. You can't just waltz into town and uh, and put things up. So you right. still, as a as Ver- for instance, Verizon wants to compete with Time Warner here to offer um, cable services over their phone lines, right? Over FiOS or whatever you, or whatever the new technology is. Mm-hmm. And so, effectively, even though the agreement, the franchise agreement, technically is an open ended agreement, and that they could allow competition, I feel like there's still a gentleman's agreement, an unspoken gentleman's agreement that basically, you know, is between the the parties that says, okay, you know, we're gonna we're still gonna protect you. It's just that we we're writing this as an open agreement. So essentially, unless they give Verizon permission to uh, to offer these competing services, Verizon will never be allowed to. So yes, you are correct. It's government that is constricting the marketplace for cable and internet services in the first place. Nonetheless, uh, internet services aren't as restricted as cable television phone services are and we're starting to see the barriers uh, the market the government barriers sort of melt or the marketplace is working around it in that uh, the cable companies are now offering phone services and uh, and phone service companies are now starting to offer more cable services so we're starting to see more competition and that's a good thing and the fact is i can get internet services from uh, the cable company here and i can get them from the phone company and that's a little bit of competition. It's not a lot. Will they cartel? Uh, you know, will they join up in a cartel to try to make as much money from YouTube and those other companies as possible? Well, maybe. But at the same time, if you've got a bunch of unhappy customers and you know that you can take customers from the competition by giving them slightly better service, you'll see that happen. You'll see the cartel break just as all, all cartels end up breaking that, and the consumer will benefit. That's true, Ian, but there's one more side to this issue. Uh, I think there's a lot of parallels between what's happening with the uh, net uh, netcasters and the podcasters out there with the royalty fees. If something like that were implemented, it would drastically reduce the market to a few big players. And you mean where they're charging? That you mean when they're charging websites? Yeah, because as we get into richer and richer content that takes more bandwidth, it's going to be more important to get that high-speed lane in, and for me to be able to get the 15 meg service. So if if the smaller guys can't pay the fees, they're going to be pushed out of the marketplace. Well, what's your market solution for this then? Because the government is not going to solve the problem. Right. That's the only answer, really. Right. And the problem is the net neutrality crowd is yelling for government regulation. They think the government's going to save them here. When, in fact, what's more likely to happen is whatever regulations the government comes up with will somehow end up protecting AT&T and Comcast and the rest of Of course of they will. Yeah, now, the, the reason for that is, look, as much as um, Americans might want the government to protect them, the, the big companies have the lobbyists. And that's right, what's going to end up um, getting protected. 
But, Mark, with this issue, there is a, a huge mass of people that really watch it. When the FCC does something that, you know, changes uh, diversity in our news or our media, people write in and they get 150,000 letters more than they've ever received before. Understood, so, but ha- can you give me one example where um, there's been a groundswell from the public and the government has actually done something good for us? I'd have to think about that. <laughs> I, okay, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll hand you one. <laughs> um, the, uh, the civil rights movement. Okay. It's you know it's it's all pretty good and everything started and, okay it's it, an okay idea but, but let's let's yeah. remember that um, the problem there with the civil rights movement um, you know if if I were sitting on your side that would would have been what I said but the civil rights movement was an issue of two governments clashing um, you know the American people as a whole got behind the federal government which then went in and cracked the uh, the uh, oppressive state governments which were the problem in the first but place but look what's grown out of it look at the uh, you know for instance all the oppressive regulations the non discriminatory regulations that don't allow people to do business in the way that they want to. It's gone further than just a government controlling right. another it's, government. It's done the opposite. Now it's the government controlling every single business entity, anybody renting a house or, or you know, that sort of thing. And so it's just gone crazy. Uh, but by the way, Johnson, I want to want you to make sure you hear this, Sam. Johnson has commented that he thinks that if, uh, if one of the Internet companies actually went through with what you're suggesting, and that is trying to extort money from a website like YouTube, uh-huh. he suggests that um, you might see, for instance, the websites actually restricting that particular company's customers from even accessing their sites in the first place. So can you imagine that, where well, YouTube, instead of loading slowly, simply loads up with a basic page that says, sorry, Verizon, your service provider, has tried to extort money from us. You may want to consider going with another alternative to access I, our website. But, Ian, I don't know if you've seen the chart of where the government broke up Ma Bell, you know, back in the 80s, and they split off into all these companies, and now they've coalesced back into Ma Bell. three. Yeah, AT&T, Verizon, uh, Sprint, and Quest are still kind of small, but they're out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're if you refuse to pay AT&T, you're losing almost half of America. Are you going to take that risk as your you know if it was your business? Um, again, it's up to them. I mean, if they all banded together, for instance, and they you know formed a coalition of websites for internet freedom, then those customers would go to whoever's offering the services that would allow them to access those sites. And you know, I agree with you that we have a limited marketplace. There's no doubt about that, and it's the government that uh, that created the problem. But there are also other alternatives. Uh, I mean, for instance, those companies that you mentioned, many of them are all they also have wireless divisions, which we're starting to see some pretty cool developments in the world of wireless broadband. Yeah. Um, and to where you can just grab a little uh, network card, shove it in the side of your laptop, and you can surf the internet from your Sprint connection. You know, let's not forget yeah, that. Uh, let's not forget that uh, Directv's out there with its internet connections in the competition um, in competition too. Right. I mean, you can get internet through your um, satellite now. The internet right, has done fine do so online far. Gaming with satellites, it's got some limitations. I understand that today you can't do online gaming with satellites, but that's like saying, "Well, oh my God, let's pass a law five years from now and online." That's the only. thing thing you'll want to use. Now, hold on, Mark. Yeah, Somebody point. could make the argument. Sam, thanks for the call. Somebody could make the argument that, well, satellites are miles and miles up into space, and you can never reduce the lag time. You could make that argument, but German scientists have just recently claimed to have broken the speed of light. Oh, my God. So, more <laughs> oh on the God. way. <laughs> this is Free Talk Live.
This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. I don't even know if we have time for your call. The phones are loaded. Well, I'll give you the number anyway. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. You like Free Talk Live. You want to help support the show. Then go shopping with us. Buy some Free Talk Live gear at store.freetalklive.com. Mark, you just tried on your brand new zip-up Free Talk Live hoodie. Very nice. You like it, huh? Mm-hmm. It's very nice. I've got one. I've got a zip-up style and a pullover style just because I can. I understand. I'm I'm not the pullover hoodie kind of guy. Yeah. I, I like to zip mine up, you know, like Mr. Rogers. <laughs> so we got all kinds of great merchandise at store.freetalklive.com. Please and won't you be my neighbor? You can shop at Amazon.freetalklive.com. Buy anything else you need for life, and Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your sale when you enter through that link. That's Amazon.freetalklive.com. All right, I mentioned it. I'll get to the phones here in a moment, but this is such an important story that it deserves to be uh, deserves to be read. And I mentioned it a moment ago. A pair of German physicists they claim to have broken the speed of light, an achievement that would undermine our entire understanding of space and time. It would mine, yeah. According to Einstein's special theory of relativity, it would require an infinite amount of energy to propel an object at more than 186,000 miles per second. However, Dr. Gunter Nimps and Alphons Stahlhofen uh, of the University of Koblenz say they may have breached... They sound a, genuinely German. ...a key tenet of that theory... The pair say they've conducted an experiment in which microwave photons, energetic packets of light, traveled instantaneously between a pair of prisms that had been moved up to three feet apart. Being able to travel faster than the speed of light could lead to a wide variety of bizarre consequences. For instance, an astronaut moving faster than it would theoretically arrive at a destination before leaving. The scientists were investigating a phenomenon called quantum Quantum tunneling, which allows subatomic particles to break apparently unbreakable laws. Dr. Nimps told New Scientist magazine, quote, for the time being, this is the only violation of special relativity that I know of. So Einstein might have been a pretty smart guy, but it looks like he was wrong. They have broken, allegedly, broken the speed of light. Hmm. So Amazing what, will this, what will this mean for computing? Somebody uh, smarter than me mean, mean, really needs to look into this. Right. What will this mean for uh, you know how fast our computers will be able to go? What does this mean for travel? What does this mean for all kinds of things? This could have incredible uh, ramifications to it. Mm. And I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing what science does with it next. 800-259-9231 to the phone calls to Jacob in Pennsylvania. Jacob, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Hello? Jacob. Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Um, uh, before I start, I just want to ask them, do you guys have cheese between your toes? Uh, thanks for the call. 1-800-259-9231. Let's go to Eric in Michigan. Eric, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? i got a question about child labor. Sure. If the market would phase it out, then why did we ever have child labor? Well, because uh, people weren't as wealthy in the past, and so they they actually, you know, the kids had to work in order to help the parents get uh, get food on the table and and get things done, especially out on the farm. Um, you know, that's right. And to say that we don't have child labor is completely inaccurate. Um, you know, I mean, that they're somehow outlawing it. You can open a business and get your children to work inside your business. That's true. I worked for my mom in her thrift store. You can have a uh, you can have a uh, farm. Kids mow lawns. That sort of thing. Kids, uh, there's a little... talk kid- about the bad old days, though. Like, uh, you know, kids as grease monkeys in, uh, you know, factories where oh, they're losing right, arms. Right, because a child pushing a gas-powered spinning blade is <laughs> such a better thing to have a young child doing out in your front yard than uh, having them uh, can beans or something like that. 
So, Ian, would you say then that in places like India, where the people are still relatively poor, that you would see uh, the exploitation of children? I, I would imagine that you probably do. Exploitation mm-hmm. is such a nasty word. I mean, are they being forced to work? I don't think so. Uh, uh, they're working on a... They're pretty much being forced. They're being forced to? If they want to eat, yeah, that's, that's a pretty good motivating factor. Well, it's motivation, but it's not uh, that they're being held, you know, a whip is not being held over their backs necessarily, and they can choose which jobs they, uh, you know, they wish to work at. And so, you know, I don't really see what the problem is there. Okay, all right. Thanks for the call, Eric. 800-259-9231. There's a difference between slavery and necessity. Right. Um, you know, I didn't create somebody poor. I have no obligation to make them wealthy or give them food or any of those things. Now, I'm not saying I don't. I support all kinds of charities. I do it completely voluntarily to, you know, mandate orders that for whatever reason a child can't help their family eat is it, it's it's immoral. It really is. I mean, if for some reason... Uh, dad's dead and mom's unhealthy. Well, are you telling me that the 14-year-old child shouldn't be able to go out and earn some money bagging groceries or, you know, doing whatever it is that child can do to make um, the most possible money to be able to support their family unit? You would stop that from happening? Our roommate uh, subscribed to the newspaper here in town, and there's a little middle school kid, like maybe 12, 13 years old, that walks around and delivers newspapers. And that's a, that's pretty grueling work, especially mm-hmm. in the middle of the summer when it's hot out. He's not a doing it in the early morning. It's an afternoon delivered paper. So it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon when he's out and about. And that's not an easy job. You know, you could get hurt while out uh, doing all that walking. You could Driving, trip on something. Yeah, you could, you're, you're walking around on those roads that are full of rolling boxes of death yeah. called cars. Somebody might not see you. They might uh, be looking down to change the radio station, which is a reason why you need to just keep it on Free Talk Live. You might hit some kid delivering newspapers. <laughs> uh, but, you know, there's all kinds of risks, and kids kids are in danger at all times. I don't really see why we should be preventing them from voluntarily choosing to enter the workforce. And if you don't like it, then don't do not do business with a company that hires kids. If that's an issue for you, you know, withhold your dollars from them and let them know why. Yep, that's the solution, not government uh, legislation. Let's continue with the calls. Talk to Justin in Maryland. Justin, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, yeah, hello. What's on your mind, Justin? The court fee system. Okay. See, I have a few relatives that have been in trouble with the law, and what I found was that my relatives have to actually pay a court fee, which is basically what I see as legalized extortion. You are correct. Court. You're absolutely right about that. In fact, uh, I was just out in front of a courthouse the other day where not only were people charged with uh, court costs, but they were also charged with hundreds of dollar fines in order for, uh, you know, just for simple things like possessing a gram of marijuana or something like that. It's total extortion. Any other thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, how, how do you shut down the court fee system? Well, that would require some major changes on the inside of the system. You, uh, you would have to, you know, that's an excellent question. How do you fundamentally change the court system? I guess it would have to be state legislature, right? The state legislature would probably have to pass some law that would uh, fundamentally alter the way the government courts work. So yeah. that's your answer, and that's a difficult proposition. And the only place you're going to see any sort of major changes like that would be here in New Hampshire with the, with the Free State Project. I hope that helps. Okay. Thanks for the call, Justin. 800-259-9231. Maybe I can get to this email here real quick. Uh, it's from the gentleman that emailed in about 
his bisexuality or what he believes might be his bisexuality. He was sort of asking us uh, some questions about. Am I gay? You know, are, is he gay? Uh, he hasn't uh, really done very. He hasn't been very successful with the ladies. He points out that uh, he is not a virgin, but he's also not a basement geek. He said he apparently got uh, drunk at a party and managed to get laid that way. Okay. Uh, once he says he yeah once he says he cares about his looks. He's never had a girlfriend. He is a little overweight and has a beard, but he doesn't feel like uh, he. I don't feel like. I don't like the feel of my face being shaven, so I'm going to keep it despite what you said. Uh, he says, I consider myself to be very social, and I hang out with a large circle of friends, but I do tend to not hang out with people outside of that established circle, so you guys are right about me not meeting enough new people. But I don't like clubs or other normal meeting places for people my age, as I'm not really into parties or party people. I went to a few uh, fre- freshmen, I went to a few of them in my freshman sophomore year, but it wasn't my thing. I didn't really like or relate to the people that I met, nor did I enjoy drinking a whole lot. He says that uh, I definitely have a confidence issue with many things that I do, and you guys were right on this. I'd love to attempt to find a date at a bookstore or something like that, but that would be something I'd have to work on a lot. And you're right, I am a little shy and timid around anybody I don't know, though it's odd because I'm very loud and outgoing when I'm around my friends. He says, for now, I'll keep trying to find a girlfriend. I do go to some Ren Fairs and Celtic games and bookstores often already, but I've never thought of trying to meet people there. How does one go about this? I don't know if I have a high enough charisma modifier (laughs) to be able to walk up to a strange girl and ask them out. Uh, He says, though, maybe the fact I just made a D&D joke is my problem. Well, um, maybe so, but that's not generally successful. Walking up to a girl and saying, hey, you want to go out? Mm-hmm. Not good stuff. No. Uh, that, that sort of sets off the creep alarm. Now, this, this term creep is a really unfair term that's just uh, that women apply to, I don't know, guys that bother them in some way, shape, or form. And it, you know, that kind of label just uh, throws a guy for a loop, and, and you can never get anywhere once you've been creep labeled. There are all kinds of uh, you know websites and videos out there on how to meet women well, the, and approach the, them and all that. The trick is really fifty um, percent of it. I swear to God, I got this from Adam Sandler. Fifty percent of it is initiating the conversation. Once you're in the conversation with them, don't go anywhere with it. Ask open-ended questions, not yes or no questions. Right. Why? You know, how do you feel? That sort of thing. Right. Um, and you know, they're, the more they talk, the smarter you so- seem. Um, so patience is also an important factor here. Right. Get a telephone number, but don't. You know, th- that's about it. You know, make sure that you can stay in contact. But I think it's great that he understands that he doesn't want certain types of people. He doesn't want the party people. He doesn't want those sorts of people. In which case, you will you will have to be patient and keep hanging around the places and doing the things that you like to do. Eventually, you're going to find. Find somebody special. It's the truth. All right, we'll be back tomorrow night. Online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.